The following program is sponsored by Fairly Spiritual on KCIS. Well, hello, everyone. It's Dr. Doug Birch here, and you're listening to The Fairly Spiritual Show. This is Easter week. If you're listening on Friday, uh, happy Good Friday. If it is Sunday, he is risen. He is risen indeed. On today's show, I'm going to talk about how the death of Jesus, the crucifixion of Jesus, really took everyone by surprise. The people who followed him closest were really surprised by what happened during the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus. Which reminds me, we might be surprised by God as well during our life. We'll talk about that on today's Fairly Spiritual Show. Welcome back to the show. This is the Fairly Spiritual Show. I'm your host, Doug Birch. Uh, hey, on today's show, I'm not broadcasting from the back seat of my Kia Sorento because uh, most of the kids went on a bike ride. Uh, they may come in at any time and interrupt the show. Uh, and uh, one of my kids is, I think, studying for his SATs or an AP test or something. Far better student than I ever was. Um, but uh, we are once again broadcasting from uh, the home because that's what everyone's doing during uh, COVID. 19. Uh, so uh, on today's show, this is Easter week, right? We have uh, the show broadcast on Friday and Sundays uh, on KCIS. And so if it's Friday, uh, some of you are going to be watching uh, Good Friday services or participating in some way in that way. And then uh, it also rebroadcast on Sundays. So then that would be Easter. And so I wanted to uh, present some sort of an Easter theme. Also, this is turned turned into a podcast. So whenever you're listening, I'm sure this will be applicable to your life. Uh, you can go to the website, fairlyspiritual.org, to find past podcasts, past shows. Uh, and then also, if you want to text me, uh, just to let me know you're listening to the show, or if you have thoughts, 360-818-4513. That's 360-818-4513. I really do. I respond to your text. I read them. I don't put you on any list. I promise you, there is zero solicitation for money or anything like that. That's just not why I do it. It's just a guy, it goes to my phone, and I look at it, and I go, huh, that's cool. Somebody's listening to the show. And then I write something back like, thanks, or that's nice. Or if it's a real negative comment, I'm like, hey, that hurt my feelings. But anyway, 360-818-4513, 360-818-4513. So we have Easter week, and, and I'll... Just tell you right up front, uh, to be honest, not like I'm lying most of the time, but I, I'm i not enjoying doing this streaming church stuff. I know we got to do it. We've been doing a Wednesday night service um, through our YouTube channel, uh, Evergreen Foursquare Church. So we do a Wednesday night thing at 7 p.m. at Evergreen Foursquare Church is our YouTube channel. And then Sundays at 10 o'clock, we do a streaming service. And it's just really low-key. My wife and I are usually leading it. Uh, we have like a couple worship songs recorded from uh, my our worship family, my sister and her husband and family. They do a couple songs, and my co-pastor will send in something, and it's just really low-key. But it's just not the same as 
meeting together. Now, I don't think we should be meeting together. So I get it. But it's hard. I just get feel sad Sunday evening because I'm not an extrovert in this sense that I don't want to talk a lot with people. But it matters to me just to hug someone, to look them in the eyes and just, you know, you just give that look across the room like, hey, good to see you. It's good to be in your presence. It's good to be with you. That kind of stuff. I'm missing it greatly. And uh, I just, you know, if ever there was a time, I don't know, it's just a time where even when you do something like an online service and people interact and they text and we, you know, try to connect, it it's nice, but then it also creates in me just a greater longing. So I want to encourage us on today's show, but I'm going to let you know I'm still struggling. So uh, you can pray for me and I'll pray for you. I, I don't, I don't. We don't structure our church that way. We we church very simple. You know, we would gather on Sundays, be with each other, be present, and we go out into the world and do the stuff that we do in the world. So it, it's a challenge. Uh, but here we are in Easter week. Now I believe every Sunday is a celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and often I've kind of downplayed making Easter really important. Uh, the resurrection is incredibly important, but I think sometimes we make some days too important in the sense of, you know, we picked a day on the calendar to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. But honestly, right, every, every Sunday, we are to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. And I don't ever want the resurrection of our Savior to become some ritual where we all dress up and go do our ritualistic things. And it just becomes some sort of religious activity devoid of the presence and the power and the saving grace of Jesus. So some people, it's a really big deal. You know, of course, it's fun for our family. We do all the traditions of, um, you know, hiding eggs and coloring eggs and, uh, excuse me, the Easter bunny hides eggs. Sorry about that. Uh, But we, you know, we do all that stuff. But uh, it's normally just get together, love on each other, share a simple message about the gospel. So I want to share with you, though, something that just kind of has been striking my heart. And uh, first, just a little scripture here from Luke 23. This caught me. Luke 23, let's go, verse 33. When they came to the place called the skull, there they crucified Jesus and the criminals, one on the right and the other on the left. But Jesus was saying, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Now, that's very familiar there. But it reminds me that Jesus sets the words on the cross that we don't know what's going on at the crucifixion. Like, we don't, humanity does not really know what we're doing, which is interesting because Jesus could have said, they all know exactly what they're doing and uh, judge them, Father, because they're responsible for these actions. And although we certainly are responsible for our sins, Jesus points out something very clear about humanity that often we really don't know what we're doing. We think we're doing wise things and we're doing foolish things. We think we're doing smart things and we're doing dumb things. We think we're doing righteous things and we're doing wicked things. And there's many things in this world that we promote and we praise that are garbage in God's eyes. And so the crucifixion itself, Jesus says, Father, humanity, they they don't know what they're doing. 
And it's not just in the crucifixion, it's in life. They're, they're just not living life the way it's supposed to, to be lived. Their very existence, they don't know what they're doing. They don't know why they're living. They don't know why they're created. They don't know why they have these relationships. They don't know anything. Humanity doesn't know what it's doing. Father, forgive them. And if anything, the story of Easter is that, or the story of the resurrection, the death and resurrection of Jesus is that, that God looked at humanity and saw us just just doing complete foolishness. That our basic activity, what we were focusing in on, what we were living our lives for, we don't know what we're doing. We're living for a purpose that's meaningless. We're pursuing things that have no value. We're living for things that rust and corrode and fade away. We're devaluing what is most important for things that have no value. And I think, if anything, in the season we're living in right now, we're, we're kind of dealing with that right now, right? As, as everything's kind of being taken away from us, or many things are, what is a value? You know, all the rituals, all the things we do, all the entertainment, all the places we go, all the habits we have. What has value? What has meaning? What, what is life even about? And do we really know what we're doing? I remember for a while, my wife and I lived in Springfield, Missouri, and we used to joke we didn't quite know how, how that town ran, like what the industry was. We almost felt like it was people worked in the restaurant industry so they could make money and then go out and eat at restaurants uh, and then work at restaurants to get paid so they could eat at restaurants. And it was just this cycl cyclical thing where it was like, what are we doing? We didn't quite even know what we were doing. And there's an aspect of our economy even like that where we make products so that people can buy those products and people work in, in places that make those products and get paid to make those products. And then we get uh, you know, money that we can buy more products. And some things have value and some things are just meaningless. And there's an aspect of everything we're doing where it's this, do we even know what we're doing? And those are good questions to ask ourselves. If you look at anything throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, there's many times where God brings his people to a place where they assess what is life about. Uh, the children of Israel being brought out of Egypt, one, in bondage in Egypt, that's certainly a time where you try to figure out what life is about. But when they're brought out of Egypt and they're wandering in the wilderness, much of the discipline of God is really for the people to understand well, what is life about? What are they doing? What are they living for? Why are they living? In fact, even those who are brought out of bondage in Egypt, there is such a complaining, there's such a frustration where they're like, we still want aspects of Egypt. We still are frustrated that we can't have the things we had in Egypt, even though we were in bondage, that God says, I'm going to have that generation die off in the wilderness. And another generation that is just raised in the wilderness will rise up and take the promised land. So there's this resetting, this resetting of a whole generation like you have to figure out what life is about because you've just inherited what the people before you think life is about. And they don't know what they're doing. You're just doing what your father did, or your mother did, or your father's father, or your mother's mother. You're just, you're just living with what the people around you are doing, and you don't know why they're doing it. If you look at the Easter story in general, it is such a surprise 
Not only uh, did the people not really know what they were doing, but we had no idea what Jesus was doing. I'm amazed that the people closest to Jesus really didn't understand what he was doing. His death was a surprise to them, to his disciples. Now, he taught about his death. Now, after the fact, the disciples were able to understand what his teachings meant, but when it actually came to his arrest and his crucifixion, his disciples didn't understand what was going on. So the people that he spent his most time with, daily with, heard his teachings, heard his instructions, heard his warnings, were at the Last Supper. They heard these instructions, these scriptures that we read on Holy Week. When his arrest occurs, they're shocked. And when they see the choices that Jesus makes to lay down his life, not to fight against the tyranny of the Roman rulers, right? Not to fight back. When they see him lay down his life and embrace the way of the cross, they're all surprised. All of his followers did not understand the way of the cross. And that is a profound principle. It reminds me that at times in our life, we don't understand what God is going to do. At that time, with the cross, none of them understood what God was going to do, and they simply just had to wait for something to happen. They just You just see that in the story. Christ does all the work, and the disciples just wait. There's nothing they can do. They simply wait for God to work as the reality of what they think life is crumbles around them, as Peter's idea of who Messiah is crumbles around him, as Peter's idea of himself crumbles as he denies Christ. Everything crumbles, and they wait. I'm reminded of this. If you live life long enough, there's times where you're standing, and think of it this way, that life is like a building in front of you. Think of this majestic building in front of you, this majestic fortress or this majestic whatever you want to see, like this giant castle in front of you, and that's life. And you think that's the certainty of life. And then one day, everything begins to crumble. That castle just crumbles before your eyes. What you thought reality is crumbles. And if you live life long enough, that is going to happen. A sickness happens that you didn't think would happen. A job loss happens that you didn't think would happen. A betrayal in a relationship happens. Something that you thought never would happen to you happens. You thought, if I just follow God, this will never happen. If I just do this, this will never happen. Whatever your thought about God is or the kingdom of God is, something happens and that kingdom before you begins to crumble. And there's nothing you can do about it. And I think the disciples were in that place where they had an idea of the kingdom of God and it was crumbling before them. And at that time, you can either just wait as the dust settles and wait for a new kingdom to rise up in its place, or you can run away. And you see that. You see that even in the disciples. Um, I think this is one of the stories of Judas. We, one of the things we don't talk about a lot with Judas is Judas goes out and kills himself, but Judas is so distraught that what he thought would happen didn't happen. I, I assume Judas thought that Jesus would maybe fight back or some revolution would occur or something else would happen than what happened. But Judas, as he saw the kingdom crumble around him, he was unwilling to wait. He couldn't wait for the resurrection. He couldn't wait as everything crumbled around him. And so he took his life. But others just had to wait. 
And if you live enough life, there's times you have to wait. And maybe you're in that season right now, what you thought was the certainty of life, what you thought what, what, what life is or what the kingdom is like, it's crumbling around you. And you can see the dust swirling around you and the tendency is to run and to hide. But God says, wait, wait. You see that in the death of Jesus, and you also see that in the resurrection of Jesus, that no one seemed to expect the resurrection of Jesus. No one seemed to anticipate it. Well, we know that because the story would have been on the third day, everyone was gathered around the tomb. If they had truly expected the resurrection of Jesus, they wouldn't have been hiding out. It wouldn't have been that they went to the tomb to prepare his body. Uh, It would have actually been what? That all of his followers were waiting expectantly at the tomb. But no, they weren't. They didn't expect his death to happen in the way it happened, or to happen at all. And they did not expect the resurrection to happen the way it happened as well. They could not anticipate such trauma, and they could not anticipate such glory. And that's true of us as well, that we can't anticipate some of the traumas that happen in our life, and we can't anticipate the deaths that happen in our life. We can't anticipate the fact that the reality as we know it sometimes crumbles around us. But I'm here to tell you as well that we can't also anticipate the light and the life that can rise up from the ashes. That we cannot fathom the resurrected life that rises up from the crucified Christ. Now, we know the story of Easter, right? So we know it. We know. We, we share the story of the crucifixion already knowing the resurrection. But we know that those who walked through that did not know that. They were just in the devastating throes of the death and crucifixion of Christ. That they were just standing there as everything that was once certain was rubble beneath their feet. And they waited for three days. They waited in silence. They waited in sorrow. They waited in desperation. And then suddenly, what rose up from the ground? What rose up from the ashes? What rose up from the rubble? Our resurrected Savior. New life. This is important for us to remember because... I think even as we look through the New Testament, just as the disciples who were walking with Jesus could not anticipate the death that came or the life that came through Christ, there are times in our faith journey where we just can't anticipate what's coming. We don't know. We don't know what we're doing, and we don't know what God's doing. And it's not that we did it wrong. It's just we don't know. And we need to admit to that. One of the problems with having lots of Christian resources and lots of pastors and lots of books and lots of Christian self-help is there's lots of people explaining this happens for this reason and that happens for that reason. And if you just pray about this, God will give you wisdom to that. But I'm here to tell you that there are times when we just don't understand and everything around us seems to be crumbling and the only thing we can stand on is faith. Trusting and believing that God is good or that God will be good. And we just hope, we just hope for that something will rise up from these ashes. When I think about that, the resurrected life that they did not anticipate is our best understanding 
of what we believe our eternal life will be like versus our physical death. As a pastor, I have the privilege and the honor of uh, officiating funerals, memorial services. And we know that we just can't understand what the life to come will be like. That when anyone breathes their last in this life, it is something crumbling before us. And no matter how much we can say, yes, I know they're with God, there is this aspect of a permanent person seems to disappear before us. And there is an aspect of where we feel like we are walking among ruins and rubble because what was so permanent is now not before us. But we all know that there is something far greater and far more permanent that will rise up from the ashes, that you will rise and I will rise, that our destination is not the dust, but that we will have resurrected bodies and we will dwell forever in the house of the Lord. And even though we cannot fully comprehend what that future will be, we know that it will be glorious. And just as the disciples could not fully understand the resurrection, it's okay that you cannot fully understand what your resurrected bodies will be like. But that is a certainty for you, as Christ's resurrection is a certainty for us. I just wanted to bring this message to you, that as I look at the New Testament, we know the whole story, or the Old and the New Testament, we know the whole story, right? Well, this came but here's the end, and this trauma occurs, but here's the end. But when you think about all the stories, think about you know, the children of Israel in the wilderness. We give them such a bad time, right? Oh, they're grumbling and complaining in the wilderness. They grumbled and complained because they had no water. You know, if you don't have water for three days, you die. They lived by faith. And then on the third day, there was enough water to drink for that day. That's women nursing babies, pregnant women. That's the elderly. That's people who aren't that healthy, and yet they had to depend upon God in a daily way where whether they said, there's going to be water today, but there was no water that day. So they had to wait and trust in the provision of God and trust that there was a promised land, not just for them, but for their children's children. And I want you to trust that, that as you walk this life out in faith, even if before you, you cannot see a destination that seems hopeful, that there is a hopeful destination, not just for you, but for your children and your children's children. You know, Christ might return this day, and if he does, praise God. But if he doesn't, if you live by faith, and if you walk forward by faith, he will bless you, he will bless your children, and he will bless your children's children. So you can walk through this wilderness and trust that your children will inherit the promised land. You can walk through the times when things crumble around you and trust that a greater kingdom will rise up in place of the ruin. And you can trust that living by faith will grow the character of Christ within you. The kingdom of God can come. That's the Lord's prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There is a permanent kingdom that will come when you stand and wait and look for the permanent kingdom to rise up amidst the ashes. So do we not know what we're doing? Probably. Does God know what he's doing? You bet. Do we always know what God is doing? No, we do not. Do we understand the death, the destruction, 
the harm, the brokenness, the hurt, the disappointment? No. But we don't understand the resurrection either. We don't anticipate the good that is to come. We don't anticipate the glory and the light and the beauty that is far surpassing and immeasurably more than anything we could ever expect or hope for. That is our future. Peace to you today. Peace to you. Lord, I pray peace and comfort and hope and joy to each person listening. We pray that this resurrection morning, the joy of the resurrection would just permeate and radiate on each person listening, that we would know that you have great things in store for us, an eternal resurrected life in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for listening. Happy Easter. You can text me at this number, 360-818-4513, You can go to fairlyspiritual.org to find more resources. Subscribe to our podcast. You can listen to uh, our streaming service if you don't have a church home. Uh, that's uh, We have a YouTube channel, Evergreen Foursquare Church, at 10 a.m. on Sundays, 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Make room for the Lord. He knows you by name. I'm going to see you guys next time. Okay, talk to you later. Proceeding broadcast was sponsored by Fairly Spiritual. When you write or call this program, be sure to mention you heard it on KCIS.